Welcome back to another episode of Business Partner Partners. I am Chrissy, joined with my lovely husband. Lovely. Wow, <laughs> I'm so lovely, Ryan. I don't know if I've ever... <laughs> I wish y'all could have seen how shocked his face looked. We I, are. I consider myself lovely. We're on a date night right now. Babysitter's home with the kids. I've got a mini bottle of Prosecco I'm sipping. Ryan is drinking a... Stone Delicious? Double Delicious? A Delicious. A Stone Beer. And it's delicious. It's called delicious and it is delicious. And we're recording a podcast with just the two of us. So this is the second of this format we've done. And today we're going to be talking about ways we've failed so you don't have to. All the things we've done wrong. And that's a little bit clickbaity because I don't necessarily think that I would categorize them all. That you've done anything wrong? As, no. <laughs> I don't think I'd necessarily categorize them all as failures, but... It's good to hear things that people have tried that haven't worked and we're unique and so it might work for other people, but we're just going to give our experience and make you feel a little better about yourself when you think about the ways that you failed in your business. (laughs) So we're assuming assuming everyone's failing and cry into your Prosecco (laughs) with us. So we're going to kind of take it back to 2018 when we first opened Mountain Goat and Ryan's going to talk about a couple of the things that he decided when we first opened that we were going to do and kind of how that went. So Ryan, take it away. Yeah. So we, we, we kind of touched on this in the Oregon story is that at first this was much more of just my thing. I mean, you know, we're life partners. So like everything, you know, in some ways together, but it was, it was really just going to be my thing. And like, I was kind of doing this and you were home with a newborn. And so I had a, Hmm. I had, had a couple ideas uh, from the start that were... I would call them convictions. Convictions or bits even. I have... There, we can maybe get into bits one day. Apparently, my friends think I have bits, but um, there's oh, like... A, a lot of bits. There's like bits. a couple of things that... Convictions is strong. Maybe like things that I conflated with my personality. So I was like, oh, if I want this, surely everyone else does. Well, spoiler mm. alert, that's wrong in like everything. There's like... That's a hot tip right there. The general public does not necessarily want what you want. I don't know if that's a hot tip or just like my tagline. <laughs> um, so, but you thought the general public wanted oh, what you wanted. I thought I was brilliant. So the, 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 <laughs> the first thing I'll start with is, you know, we, we obviously opened a, a coffee shop and, you know, beer and wine. And so the first thing that I thought was creative. And uh, unique. And unique. And it, it was unique, but in not the right way was I was, I, and, and some of this was like, just like almost laziness or like at convenience maybe. But like I, my thought at first was we're going to open a bar that has beer and wine. We're only doing cans. So I don't even think convenience and laziness sums it all up. I also think it was budget minded because every decision you made at the beginning was how can we spend the least well, amount of money? Th- that's true. And, and that was. fridges. That was equipment we didn't want to spend. But also I, I did think, I mean, I can, I can say now, I mean, I can admit that was not a good idea, but at the time it, it was unique, right? There, there isn't, I mean, there are places that don't do draft, but like the, my idea was like, you know, we had grown up around, not grown up, but like craft beer was, had been on the scene for a while. We've Origi- been drinking craft beer since we were eight. So <laughs> just kidding. 21 and up. 21 and up. Um, so you know, the, the kind of arc of craft beer is that originally you could only get it in growlers. And so 
that was, or you could only take it home in growlers. And so you could, when you went to a bar, you know, there were a lot of beers you could only get on draft, right? Like specialty beers were only on draft. Yeah. So I'm going to say like the OG of Greenville community tap. Mm-hmm. I have so many memories of taking growlers there yeah. and filling up beer that we could only get from community tap. You couldn't go to the grocery store or the drop-in store yeah. and get a stone delicious, for example. Yeah. It was, you were, you were getting a growler and you were committing to that growler. And so the, uh, yeah. And the, uh, but the other interesting twist to that is that we live in Greenville, South Carolina. And for some reason, Greenville has recycling, but the county has fully abandoned recycling class. And so was that the case when we first, yeah, opened? that was, that was the case. That was part of the impetus for cans only is yeah. we can serve beer and have zero waste, right? Like we, we can recycle everything. And so, and, and it was, that was coinciding with, that was around, I mean, that was a little late to the game, but that was when craft beer was becoming largely available in cans. And so when we opened, we had, you know, gosh, probably 40, 50 different beers in cans, which also is a nightmare to stock and like, you know, keep inventory, you know, keeping the computer pricing, stuff like that. But from a, from like my, from a pure business perspective, it was kind of like, for me, like an inventory dream, right? Like you buy 24 cans in a case, you know, you have 24, you have to sell them all. And it's not, there's no spoilage, right? Like when a keg kicks, like you've got the phone or you've got foam every day when you open up, like when the kegs are, the lines are warm and stuff. And so it was like, you know, dollars and cents, it made a lot of sense to me. It was not what people wanted, (laughs) which we soon realized. So um, yeah, so that was, that was kind of one of my first things is like, we're going to open as a bar that just does canned beer. And like, we're going to have a ton of craft canned beer and people are going to love it. And they did not love it, but they all wanted to know it was on draft. And so we pretty quickly after that added four draft lines. That was like a big deal. Everyone was really excited. And then we added four more. So now we have eight lines all the time, um, of draft beers. So how long after we, we were open, did we get the keg fridges? I think we added the four lines within, mm, I have to look, but probably six to eight months in yeah we added those and then i think we added four lines probably within three or four months after that yeah so four lines is i mean if you think about opening a bar people want draft beer we still carry a lot of cans we we've actually and we can talk about this in a second too but we've we've kind of flip-flopped on wine a couple of times so we also yeah. opened with just canned wine we had some really cool canned wine options the distributor kind of had some issues and those disappeared and we went to bottles for a while you know doing doing wine by the bottle um or by the glass rather. And then now we've found some good can options again. So we've gone back to just cans and, and, you know, full disclosure there for wine, not for beer. For wine. We still yeah. have, we still have draft lines. Beer, um, beer we, the, the reason for us specifically why bottle wine didn't make sense is, and a lot of it was we adjusted our hours. And so we're only open till six thirty PM now we're, you know, we're still largely a coffee shop, a place for people to work from, but, um, it doesn't make sense for us to open an entire bottle of wine. Yeah. It's only going to usually get probably one glass. One glass, because you can only serve it for two days. And so yeah. um, the cans just make more sense for us. The, the margins are actually worse. We make less money on canned wine, but it just, we don't throw away as much. And Which I'm honestly curious. I feel like a lot of people, let me just say this. <laughs> I'm not, take? no, it's not a hot take. I'm not a, I don't care that much about fancy wine. We drink boxed wine at home. Don't tell them that. I'm kidding. Y'all, I'm telling you right now, boxed wine is good. <laughs> and it is the best way to only have a glass. So we were, you know, we were talking about how it's only good for once, two days once you open it. The amount of times friends text in our like group chat and they're like, I opened this bottle of wine one week ago. Do you think it's still good? Which I'm if like, your friend sounds like that. 
wit. <laughs> and so I'm like, listen, it's going to taste like vinegar. Get box wine. You can have a glass and then just move on with your life. You don't have to commit to a whole bottle. And I, Yeah, and I think that's also a good... But we don't have box wine here. You know, that's just a little classless. It's, we, I've considered it. I mean, some, I, I take that back. Some places do it just to have wine in general. But it's a box wine is great for 30 days. If you've, if you've lost respect for me, I don't care. <laughs> but also I would say for us, like for our business style, like no one's coming to us of like, let's go out and get some really nice wine tonight. Let's go to Mountain Goat, right? Like they're coming yeah. to Mountain Goat because, and they're getting wine typically because they're going, they're with a group. Somebody wants a beer, somebody wants a coffee, somebody wants a wine, then get a red or a white or sparkling and like all those bases are covered. So, you know, your mileage may vary in that of like wine selection. So I think eventually we'll move to having like a barrel outside where people can stomp grapes and like make their own wine. But right now we're just going to stick to cans. There's a, do you remember the YouTube video? That's what you're just thinking of. Um, (laughs) We'll link it in the show notes. So yeah, that's like the original meme. Yeah. The YouTube video of the the girl stomping the grapes. Okay. Look in the show, link the show notes. So that was, that was Ryan's hot mistake. Number one from the outset, but we've, we've recovered and you know, things are great. The other thing that I'll, that I'll mention before I go back over to you is I was, this was another thing that's like me versus the world kind of thing. But like, I, this is a hot take. I think tipping culture is a little out of hand. And so, you know, I think, I think a lot of people have that opinion. I think how you approach that, everyone has their own opinion and framework and that's all fine. And so we could do an entire episode on tipping. I feel extremely strongly. So, so actually I'm going to go, I'm going to do, I'm going to combine two mistakes in one here. So when, when we were, you know, cans and, and coffee and stuff, there were two things that I was like, this is what I feel. And this is like tipping and honestly tax culture to me. Um, and we have young kids and like, they went to the the book fair recently and like, you know, we gave them 10 bucks and like, there's a book that's nine 99 and then they realize they can't buy it because for some reason taxes aren't included in things. And like, you have to have that lesson. And so two of the things that I tried to combine early on were, uh, no tips. So we were just going to pay the staff really well, build that into the prices. And like, that was going to be good. And we were also really well. Let me, let me do a little caveat really uh, well, not really well, but like we were going to pay them. We could run our business and start by paying them like a decent wage. Yeah. They weren't making minimum minimum wage. wage. They weren't making minimum wage. They weren't coming more than that. And then the other part of that. So we built kind of tried to build that into some of the pricing. And we also, I, I, I like round numbers. I think that's more, you know, compelling. And so I tried to price the beers with tax inclusive. So it was like a $7 beer was a $7 beer, not plus tax and plus tip. And so the, the, the two things there, you bring your $7 from your allowance and exactly all you need. You've, You've done all your chores you mom and dad let you go out, you come get a beer. And you're 21. <laughs> and you're 21. Not eight. Um, and so the, the two issues there, first, people are, even, even with all the opinions on tipping culture and like, you know, be that as it may, people are really taken aback when they can't tip or, or there's not an option on the screen to tip. And so yeah. it got in this weird place where like people were like, how do I tip? And like, then they felt obligated even though we tried to explain it and like having the staff explain it was awkward but also then like someone's like i really need a tip on this and they only have a 20 and so it's like you're gonna ask for change from the tip jar and so it was like it was a really weird interaction there the other thing was like can i we were um can i say what i really feel about tipping mm -hmm. okay i'm going to 
Well, you know, it's the joke of like, especially with like a square register, like any register that you encounter at a coffee shop, the like joke now is how the barista is like, or the person taking your order is like, it's going to ask you a couple (laughs) questions. Like we know what those questions are. (laughs) And let me tell you that tipping has, whether or not you like it or agree with it or not, it has helped us keep our business open. Yeah. And people, I, you know, I, I, again, I know that there's like hot takes on the tipping culture and like, I, I agree with some of those, but like a lot of people want to tip. And I think I would say, this is a shout out to all of our customers. We, I think everyone that comes here is extremely generous and like wants to, and I'm, and I yeah, could be like minimum $5 tips whenever they get like a $3 coffee. <laughs> That's not That's true. Crazy. Don't, but, but I'm joking. I, we I'm do joking. have, we do have a very generous, uh, you know, customers. And so I think, you know, I, I think that's, that's all good and well, but the other thing, you know, building that into the pricing and also building tax in it, it both of those are decisions that are hard to do against the mainstream because everyone's so used to, to tipping and like expecting to like show their, like their gratitude towards a barista or something. But it's also the same when you b- try to build tax in like everyone thinks a $7 beer is a $7 beer. So if I'm pricing it at, if it's seven plus tax, I don't even know if that works out to in South Carolina, but like if I round that up to 750 now, like to people, that's a, a 750 beer that you can get at seven at the other bar. And so like by, by default, like people are perceiving our prices as higher, even though they, you know, they're not, people don't pay attention to things. Like they don't know that tax inclusive or, or they just don't care. And so we eventually had to roll both of those decisions back because I honestly did. I only knew that you priced the PBR. The PBR so is still that- priced. Okay, so the PBR is priced at two dollars thirty six. Two dollars and thirty six. So cents it can a pint. be two fifty with tax. Yeah, and I feel strongly about that. So on the price on our beer price list, everything is like we don't have PBR always. We don't have which, it right now. Well, because Green Co sold and they only deliver every other week now. Thanks. Unshout out to Reyes, whatever they're owned by now. But oh, um, that's rude. Well, it's annoying. But so the <laughs> I, that what is an unshout out. No. That is rude. They used to, everyone else, every other distributor delivers once or twice a week. And now they only deliver every other week. So it's so hard to like plan my ordering around because we don't have that much room. We only have everybody would just chug more PBR in their life than we could know. No, it's not that. But anyway, so we still, we still price it at two thirty six for a pint because I think a pint of PBR and we can talk about, this will be another one. Chrissy can talk about later is like emotional pricing, but I think a pint of PBR should cost two fifty. And you should be able to get two pints for $5. And like, if you want to tip, that's fine. And if you don't, I would like to do an actual shout out, not an unshout out, which that's a new thing. That was, I apologize to Reyes distributing. Okay. I'd like to do an actual (laughs) shout out. I don't even know their name anymore. They're not listening. They don't care. Mm -mm. I'd like to do an actual shout out to Pabst Blue Ribbon. If you have not had a pint of PBR recently, it really hits the spot. Yeah, it does. It's it it's won a shocking. blue ribbon. It, it won first place. <laughs> we're okay, couple, we're on a tangent right now. Next. So those are those are my those are my like kind of big early on. This is what I'm gonna do. And they were just bad decisions. I mean, actually, they weren't bad decisions. They just didn't make sense for the business. And yeah. so we we rolled them all back. Yeah. And so yeah, that's that's it. So now you can tip people, and beer doesn't have tax. Uh, you have to pay the taxes on top of it. Shout out to South Carolina for taxes. What state doesn't have taxes? I, in, in, some of them. Well, I mean, 
Unshout out to the United States of America for the taxes. No, it's sales taxes. Okay, go on. Chrissy, what's the, what's the, okay, now that I've exposed myself of all my poor, not all, a lot of my poor decisions, what, do you, what did you do wrong? What have you done wrong ever? I can't name a single thing. That's annoying that you even said I'm that. lovely. <laughs> okay. I think the thing I would like to talk about the most Ooh, is. Spicy. This is a hard. This is a hard one. I'm gonna talk about food trucks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to talk poorly about food trucks. I think food trucks have a great place. Yeah. And I think that. And there's some really good ones. There are some amazing ones, and Greenville specifically has some awesome food trucks. When we came onto the scene in 2018. There were already established business models like ours. So like we serve coffee, beer, wine, but no food. And we're open till 9 p.m. This was before we got our kitchen DHEC certified and we weren't doing waffles or anything. And so we wanted to have a food option specifically like on Friday nights and Saturdays so that people that were coming to hang out as a draw, you know, people want food and that's what we learned. And that's why we eventually started doing waffles. Um, and so we were like, let's get into this food truck game. How hard could it be to get food trucks to show up? And so you'll listen later to our Maddie's patties episode with a, um, smash burger Mm. food truck. Cause they talk a lot about this, but, um, so we were like, okay, we're going to get some food trucks to come to mountain goat. There were already probably four to five established, businesses similar to ours in Greenville that the food trucks wanted to be at because they knew they would get the business they needed. And, and people knew that's where the food truck would yeah. be like on Tuesday nights, you can get tacos at, I think still at Piney. Like yeah. you can. And no, like no unshout out to the food truck trucks. Like I totally get it. If I was running a food truck, which Spoiler alert, we kind of did. <laughs> a trailer. A trailer. If I was running a, f- a food truck, I would want to go to the places where I knew more people would come and I would sell the food that I'd prepped yeah. in a ki- commissary kitchen to... And paid for. And Yeah, and paid for. And guessed how many people were going to come and prepped that food and like you want people coming up and buying it. So it makes total sense that food trucks are going to want to go to the places where they know they're going to be people. If they were coming to Mountain Goat, they were kind of rolling the dice. And we we encountered a few different ones. And I think this is something that a lot of people don't know about food trucks is a lot of food trucks have minimums. So essentially, if you ask a food truck to come, they're going to say, yes, we'll come. Our minimum is $600. If you do not bring in enough people to sell $600 worth of food, your business, Mountain Goat, is on the line to cover the remaining cost. Mm-hmm. The amount of stress I felt having to publicize, come get this food, you know, come hang out, eat this food truck. And we and, would come and eat and like take food home. Yeah, and basically and buy our staff market food. for the food truck because we wanted people to be able to come here, drink beers from us, have this lovely food option. But the stress of having to have people show up so that you're not just handing over cash was so high and also a lot of the food trucks were already booked 
and had like consistent places they would go on the busy nights, like Thursday and Friday nights. Mm -hmm. And so it was hard to get the ones that we knew, like that had the audience that the, would come The people out. would come yeah, for like the food the, truck. They yeah. would follow them. Um, and so the food truck game that we did for a while was personally stressful for me. Yeah. Um, just because I wanted, and I also, I also really felt bad for the people in the food truck. If like not enough people were coming because I'm like, you were, yeah, we com you you commiserate with them. Yeah. Like we invited you here. We said, we think we'll get people to be able to show up and then they come and there's like not enough people buying their food. And it's just, it's just an overall disappointing situation, honestly. Ah. So we did food trucks for a while. We would do it some nights on that. We'd have trivia and some nights it was great. And we would be riding that high. And some nights we would have so few people and we'd end up just pulling cash from our cash drawer to pay them. And it was, yeah, it was, it was really hard. And I think, and it, it's unpredictable too. Cause you know, you, you, you book this truck that even that people are excited about and it's a good night and then it's pouring rain. Like yeah. no one's like, oh, you know yeah. what we should do tonight? We should go get beers in at mountain rain. goat and then go order food in the rain in their parking lot. Yeah. Like that's, you know, so yeah, it's just overall a tricky thing. Yeah. So again, we said this, the title was a little bit click baby. <laughs> so this isn't like necessarily a failure, but it's something that we've learned. Like I had no idea that's how food trucks worked. Yeah. I thought you could just, and I think a lot of people think this is, you can just say, come on out. This is a benefit to you. But it's like, no, this is, you're, you're relying on people coming and buying your food. You want to be somewhere where you know, they're going to be people that are buying your food. Well, the, the funny, like not funny, the, the interesting next level of this is like, and, and again, people just don't realize how these businesses work, but you know, even once we had had some food trucks, like as friends or acquaintances are doing events in town or like you know, doing different things. They're like, Hey, do you have any food trucks we can call to show up? And it's like, because the assumption is like, Oh, we're doing an event with like a hundred people. We can surely get like three food trucks to show up. And like, we'll know, like that's not a good business decision for any of them, like to show up and compete with other food trucks for a hundred, you know, heads. And so I think that's just a big misconception about the food trucks. And we can, I guess we can maybe even jump into the next subject now of like, once we had a food truck ish thing being on the other side of it, I don't want to do that. You yet. don't want to do that today no. or ever? No, that's a whole nother episode. Well, we'll do a whole nother episode on the, the food trailer. But at one point we did, this will be another thing. This actually wasn't, this is a good one. We'll, we'll talk about it, the whole thing in an episode. Um, but we, we did a, we built a, a horse trailer out to sell waffles out of it. Like the far, we went to the TR farmer's market every week and we did some other events and stuff. Um, just as a way to be out in the public and kind of sell the waffles in another place. And, um, we don't do it anymore. And it's not because it's actually not because it was a bad idea. It was a bad idea. And this, this is actually a good segue into another topic we want to talk about. It was a bad idea for Chrissy and I personally in that period of life and our family. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. because we have a family, right? Like, and so it was just, is a lot of work. Like we had shout out to Osborne who saved us and, and could pull the trailer and back it in and out that summer. But like without him, without that one person, like it was on me to get the trailer in and out. And so like, it was just problematic. And like, you know, again, then we were on the other side where people are like, Hey, we have, you know, 50 people. Can you come show up to this waffle thing? It's like not worth me what taking off work or like, you know, showing like pulling the trailer out and like staffing it. Too, and if you really want to test your relationship, 
Oh, this is a good way to do it. I did not mean for us to get into well, this. Well, you did it. If you want to test your relationship. This is real, though. Have one person backing a, tra- backing a hitch up on a truck mm-hmm. and one person guiding the other. But the person guiding has their eyes closed for some reason. <laughs> you shut up. <laughs> the other person guiding the other back with the hand motions to try to or get... Or verbal motions. Ver- get- verbal things. Verbal motion to try Words. to get the ball under the hitch of the trailer. If you want to test your marriage, if you're like, oh man, we're so good at communication. Or if you're like, hey, should we get married? You should try this and then decide if Ooh, you should get married. this is good yeah. marriage counseling. If anyone is wondering if they should get married, call us. We will come let you try to back up to the trailer together. Actually, I don't believe that. I think before we married, you'd be like, oh, it's so cute. And <laughs> I'm <now> lovely. <laughs> and now you're like, how could you, how could you have your eyes closed that whole time? It's shocking. Like, Y'all, it's... Not doing the trailer anymore saved us so many marital fights. It did. It did. Next. One day, one day you'll be able to do it. So um, <laughs> one, one day you'll be able to be nicer about backing the truck up. <laughs> That's maybe true. Um, so that was a decision that we made. That was that was a decision that was actually made not for the be- the good of the business. Honestly, the the trailer was wildly beneficial and like mm-hmm. made really good money and sold out pretty much every time we took it out. That was a decision we made for our family. Um, and, and one of the caveats that I'll, I meant to say up front of this episode is when we talk about like how we can experiment and like the things we've tried and then we've stopped, when we talk about trying something and we t- when we talk about stopping something, we are fully acknowledging here in this moment that Chrissy and I, the, the, the shop is a passion of ours and, and we enjoy doing it. And, you know, we've talked about it in the Oregon story, like we do this, we're trying to, you know, help fund some other activities that, that Lead Collective does. But we're not, this isn't our livelihood. So we are able to kind of try some things, you know. And and honestly, if this was our livelihood, we'd still be doing the trailer, like, as much yeah. as possible because it was really beneficial. And so when we say, like, oh, we did a trailer, don't do a trailer, don't do a trailer if you, if your husband has a job and you have two kids at home and, like, you, neither of you can back, you know, like, you can back a trailer, but your wife can't tell you where to, to back it to. So, like... <laughs> I'm getting just, I wish, I wish podcasts show facial expressions right now. I'm just getting glared at. But so we're fully caveating this with like, we're able to try things and also able to untry things like an unshout out. We're able to do that because we're not depending on, on this for our livelihood. So it, it does give us some flexibility in that. Yeah. It just got really quiet because we're in here and all the beer fridges got cold enough and turned off. There was like a hum in the background and now the things that are keeping our lovely draft beer cold turned off. And I would also say too, we talk a lot about how we opened this business when we had a one-year-old and a three-year-old and how, if we would have opened this when we were single, not single, when we were like newly married, how the, it would have just, I think the things that we would have decided to do and like, like opening a bar and events (laughs) would have been so much more successful because we would have been the ones hanging out here all the time. Like, yeah. And like our friends would have shown like now our yeah. friends can't show up cause they are at a soccer game or putting their kids to bed. You know, like the, everyone's in the same stage of life as we are. We picked the wrong time in life to open a bar. Yeah. So I think it's interesting to think about like, not that I'm saying we shouldn't have done it, but the stage of life you are and kind of the circumstances you have, like, is it the best time in your life or in your best circumstances to start a business that is going to require like any sort of hanging out that maybe it would be beneficial for you to be hanging out too. Um, 
Of course, we say that, and then we talk to Claire's Creamery, and they have like a gajillion kids and open during COVID. So yeah, but they're not a bar. They're yeah, ice cream. But also, place. like ice cream's and, perfect for kids. Well, and I think well, yeah, true. But I think the different takeaway too is like different. We're not we're not like the right answer for everyone. Different couples have different capacities and like different strong yeah. suits and stuff. Like they probably right. back a trailer up really, really well. We need to ask them. <laughs> they have a trailer. I can't wait to ask. Them. <laughs> is this universal? That's my question. Yikes. Okay. What's next? I think I want to talk about events. Yeah. Specifically bingo. There's a lot. I mean, there's, yeah, we can talk about bingo. There's a lot to unpack with events in general, though. Yeah. So. Okay. Bingo was a passion of mine. If you haven't learned this yet on my podcast, and when I say- Your podcast. Your po- <laughs> It's called Business Partner Partners. The name partner is in it twice. <laughs> no. Ryan gets so mad when I call our bedroom my bedroom. Or our, our house, ha- or my house, or my bed, or my kids. Technically, it is mine. It is also yours. <laughs> it is ours. This is my podcast. This is your podcast. This, this is, is something podcast. for a therapist to unpack. This is not a podcast material. Okay, fine. <laughs> I don't even remember where I was going. What did I say? Uh, you were talking about on your podcast. If you haven't learned this yet on my podcast, <laughs> our podcast, Business Partner Partners, there's an S, partners. I said that. I know, but I'm saying it's that's why it's not yours. Okay. I like to perform. I thrive in the spotlight. It's honestly really great that I don't actually have a good singing voice because that'd be really annoying. Mm-hmm. Because I like to perform. And if it lined up with being actually talented, it would suck for everyone in my life. Yeah. I mean, yeah, childhood celebrities, it's a curse. So. I wouldn't be. A ch- I'm, I'm not a child now, though. Well, but yes, yeah, so, yeah. I would have been. Yeah, exactly. A celebrity earlier. Yeah. Okay. You and Macaulay. Anyways, so I was like, "Bingo! Bingo's awesome. Let's do bingo at Mountain Goat." I gave you a bingo set for your birthday one year, and we had a bingo party at our house. That's where the bingo set came from. <laughs> I don't really remember that. You have the worst memory ever. Okay. Anyway, so I had a bingo set, and I was like, "Let's do bingo at Mountain Goat. People come and drink beer, do bingo." And y'all, I lived for it. Honestly, it was like getting hyped up. People lived for it. It was like getting hyped up for a performance. Now, Beyonce has her alter ego, Sasha Fierce. I had my alter ego. It didn't have a name, but basically I turned on. I turned up and on when I was for bingo. And it was awesome. And I would play music really loud. I even have a dance. I had a dance round where I'd play the music really loud and I'd call to the beat. I had a Britney Spears microphone and so everyone listening who's been to bingo is doing that is doing the dance around in their head yeah. right now. And I would like da- I would walk around, I would be dancing, my hands were free, I'd be calling <laughs> the numbers. Um and I just loved it. And it was really good unless it was really bad. So there would be sometimes if this this is another example of how it like feels like you're a middle schooler inviting people to your party. There would be sometimes <laughs> when like maybe seven people would show up for bingo. Yeah. And I would be trying, I'd be like, I am trying to get hype, but I know more people, more than seven people have turn, turned up for Beyonce's concerts. <laughs> you she, think? She doesn't have to be Sasha Fierce for seven people, but I did. I mean, at one, I remember one bingo, I walked around and put sticky notes on the like two tables that were playing. I was like, what's your, what's your hype song? Like what pumps you up? I was like, let, cause they were just, you know, they were taking the chips, they were putting them on the card and that was it. I was performing for myself. <laughs> and it got to the point where, 
some bingos were good and some were like that. And I mean, other times it would be standing room only, tables out, like doors up, people yeah. outside. But I would get stressed before. Like, yeah. am I going to have to get hyped for, for nothing? And then it was also an extremely busy season of our life having a two and four year old or like a one. So it was one and three year old and then a two and four year old and a three and five year old. And so I would get here to call bingo at 7 p.m. on a Tuesday night, Thursday night. What night do we do bingos? Thursday. Wednesday or Thursday, I think. And it would take everything in me to rally the energy to do it. And it was one of those times we made a decision of like, this is beneficial for Mountain Goat, but it's not good for me. And either I'm going to get burnt out or something, something's going to go wrong. So it wasn't worth it at the end of the day. And, but it was, it was successful, but I guess I would call it a failure. Wonk, wonk, wonk. Two things. One, first, I love the level of confidence you have that, when you're thinking about who's showing up for bingo, you're comparing yourself to Beyonce. I really appreciate that. We all know I have excellent comps. <laughs> this the, isn't a surprise. The second thing, and this is kind of back to my point earlier about like we've, we've stopped doing some things for family reasons, not necessarily business reasons. Bingo was also an interesting conundrum because, mm-hmm. and I think it's because maybe we're a cafe first probably to a lot of people, is that bingo, even when we did it and it was packed, it wasn't, wildly beneficial financially. Like you didn't look at the sales reports and you're like, hell yeah, we did bingo like, you know, multiple thousands of dollars better because there, it wasn't the crowd, like the crowd that we bring here isn't just like pounding beers, which is fine. Like, that's great. That's what we want to be. But it's one of those things that like we had to look at on paper that the consistency of you doing that in that season and the people that like connected with you and mountain goat through that, that was the bigger benefit than like the dollars and cents of like a bingo night. And so, that's something else I think is important to call out. It's like you can do these events that on paper aren't the most beneficial, but like, I mean, we have, we have friends that we know now that we met on, like that showed up for the first time on bingo yeah. and like regulars that like, that's how they knew of mountain goat. So yeah. one of my favorites is Cammie. Um, Cammie Nestor. Yeah. Well, Cammie, I met yeah. one of the first bingos. She sat at the bar. The bar seat was the best seat. Cause you got to kind of like peer and, and see my whole <laughs> dance moves. But I'd never met Again, her before. Again, self-confidence. She, she was <laughs> in like... the best seat because you can see my dance moves. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> and she... Um, I just... We just started talking to the bar. And what year was that? 2019? Yeah. I'm like, I'm still in touch with her now and have such like a sweet yeah. connection because she sat at the bar when I called bingo. Yeah. That would have never happened otherwise. Yep. Yeah. But I think, too, another thing we've learned from that that's good to pass on is... It's hard. Any event that you have, if you're going to start doing something consistently, maybe other places don't experience this. But we have you have to do things a lot to drill it into people's brains that you're going to be doing this. And then they start showing up. Yeah, I think that's one of the shocking things. And I have to remind you of this often still, I feel like. But, like, no one pays attention to anything. Like, we've been open for five years, and we'll still run into people. And someone will introduce us and be like, this is Ryan Christie. They on Mountain Goat. And people, someone will be like... I've been meaning to go by there. It's like, we've been open for five years. You've been meaning to go for five years. You know, like how hard have you been meaning? <laughs> like not in a bad way, but it's like, you know, it just, that's like, I say that to say like people are meaning to go by for five years. Like people are, everyone's busy. Everyone's already got their places and their like rhythms. And so like, that is a very valid thing. Like I've been meaning to go there for five years, but also to that same point, like when you say like we do bingo every Thursday night and someone's like, y'all do bingo. I'm like, yeah every Thursday night. And they're like, I didn't even know. And like, there's a sign. We have a weekly schedule. When you walk in, we send an email out. Like we have Instagram, like people just, everyone's being assaulted from every angle by information. And so, but 
sorry, go ahead. I, I just think I wanted to end with like another thing we, we tried and failed with trivia specifically. We tried outsourcing trivia. And I think this works really well for some places. Well, and I'll start with a quick caveat. Neither of us are like hugely passionate about trivia. So like we have, you know, Will, who, who's done trivia for us before. And, and like, he would still do it every other week. If he would have done it weekly, we would have just let him do it. Yeah, yeah, But we wanted to start doing it weekly because yeah. we wanted to build that consistency so people knew. But neither of us are like, let me go do, let me put together. We did it. We did it over COVID. Do you remember that? Yeah. I forgot about that. We, so we did Instagram live trivia from our house as Mountain Goat during COVID. And I was like, I remember being stressed, like how hard, like how hard or easy do these questions need to be? But like also, trivia people love. I am also really embarrassingly bad at trivia. Well, yeah. I don't remember anything I learned in elementary school, middle school, high school, or college. I've only learned my life lessons. I got street cred. You don't remember that I gave you the bingo set for your birthday? That I don't. So, but yeah, I think that's a, a bit another caveat is like, I'll let you finish. Like, I know you want to finish talking about like outsourcing, but like part of the outsourcing, I'm gonna let you finish, part, of the, part of the outsourcing, but Beyonce had the best album of all time. Um, part of the outsourcing issue is like, it's hard to do events that you're not particularly passionate about. Yeah. Right. Cause like neither of us are going to be like, let me go write some questions and like do, do trivia. Yeah. But so we, we wanted to be more consistent about it. And Will, the guy who did our trivia and was awesome. And still do, he did it this week. Yeah. He could only commit to a couple times a month. So we were like, we want to do it consistently. So we hired a local company that would come out and do it. And it was great. They were, they were awesome, but we, because of the like community oriented place we are, more people would come out for Will because Will is like a part of our community. Yeah. So it was like, oh, it's not just some company that like writes trivia questions, even though there's, they're, like I said, good. shout out to them because they actually, you know, they yeah. actually are like good at what they do and have a place for that. But Will's better. But Will is great <laughs> and like would put so much time and effort into it and it was awesome. And it worked out well. We don't do trivia anymore because we closed at 630. We did like a random one-off this past week and people love it. But tri- nightly events, even though I guess that we're talking about because this is like a failure episode, but they were a great way of building community and meeting people. Yeah, and, and people, getting new people in the yes, door. Yes, and like people that would come at night for trivia and be like, "That's this place serves coffee in the morning? I'm coming back for coffee. <laughs> like, yes, we do. Yeah, I mean, I think I've been that, meaning to go by. I think <laughs> I've been meaning to. I think the biggest takeaway from that, and like what I would encourage or recommend to people, is that like anything you do, particularly around events, is it's so much about consistency, right? Like yeah. if you the first time you do an event, honestly, the first time you do it, it's probably awesome, and yeah. then the second time you do it, it just flops, and you're like, oh, this wasn't a good idea. But like, again, everyone's busy. Everyone's getting pummeled on social media and, and like in a email city, you're competing with so many of them yeah i think you can play trivia every night in greenville if you want yeah, to probably 100 percent. yeah so but consistency in general really works out works out but you have but you also have to understand like consistency is an averages game and so like there are nights where beyonce's got seven people and there's nights where beyonce's got a packed house so beyonce has never beyonce always people. has a packed house i know but but destiny's child might have had seven people no destiny's child is yeah, yanking, yay. No, yay. no, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going down that road. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that, I mean, I think that's the big takeaway from the event stuff. Yeah. So, um, any more failures you want to discuss? You want to surprise me with any failures? No, I was trying to think of something to surprise you with. One of the things I do want to hit on as we, as we kind of close up is 
one of the things about failures and about trying things and, and backing up things, and I think you had a quote about this you mentioned recently, but like one of, one of the big things, and this was particularly hard, and I'll kind of go back to the thing I talked about earlier, but like when you experiment with something, one of the things I didn't think about early on was like, okay, if this experiment doesn't work, how painful is it going to be to roll it back? So like with mm-hmm. the with the no tipping thing, the really painful part about that was like, hey, we're paying y'all all this and we're not doing tips, right? So it's like a predictable paycheck. And then once we decided, it's kind of come to a head. We talked to like the manager at the time, like we're gonna we're gonna start doing tips. And so on paper, everyone got a pay cut. And so like I probably didn't communicate that as well as I could have. But even still, it's like, hey, you're making X. We're now gonna pay you almost half that, but with tips, you're going to actually make more. Mm -hmm. And so like the net result was they made more money, Mm -hmm. but like to tell someone like your hourly rate goes down, it looks worse. It it, it feels worse. And like having to like walk that back and communicate that is just really difficult. And like, it's not a fun conversation to have for either side. Like, I don't like telling you that you don't like hearing it, but it, but it did turn out to be a good thing and it did turn out to be better. And like, it honestly took uh, like once that staff all kind of turned over, I think it, then it just became an expected you know, anticipated thing. Right. But like, you really do have to think about the implications of like, if you're doing this experiment, like if the experiment fails, so to speak, what is it going to require from you? Or like, what is it going to take to undo that? So I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but it's, it's just something to keep in mind. I feel like. I like to say I've heard this probably means on Instagram or TikTok <laughs> or another podcast I've listened to, but advice I heard somewhere is if a decision is easy to reverse, make it quickly. If a decision is difficult to reverse, make it slowly. Yeah. So essentially, if you can fix something quickly and you need to move on and keep going on with your day and it's something you can change back quick, like easily, then just make a decision. Yeah. And I, I definitely admit, suffer from decision fatigue. I too have now heard that quote. So I, do I attribute it to you now? Is that a Chrissy quote? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I don't know who it is. Sorry if you're listening, which you aren't, but that's your question. It's Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, I honestly think that's great advice is basically if you're going to make a decision about something and it's easy to fix, then just go with your gut. Mm-hmm. And specifically, I'll talk about the waffle trailer. That was not a, that was a big investment. And it was not, I'll tell you that I felt worse about, Mm-hmm. stopping using the waffle trailer because Ryan poured his time and body and energy and research into fixing that waffle trailer up and making it so awesome. It was an, it is still an a certified. Yeah. A grade a D-hack uh, D-hack kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was so great. And so to me, Ryan was like, listen, if this isn't working for our family, let's let it go. Let the balloon go. That's a Lee, that's a Lee McDermott. Let them just let, <laughs> you gotta let that balloon go. Yeah. Um, so if it wasn't working for our family, we, d- we did it. And it was harder for me to let it go than it was for you. So I think just yeah. like my advice would be when you do fail or something doesn't turn out to be like you thought it was going to be, you just got to move on and try the next thing. And you're going to have more failures, you're going to have more successes. And maybe we'll have another episode about successes, but I guess we're not sitting enough here. Content. Not enough <laughs> content. It'll be a five-minute episode. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm so confident. I yeah, it's so true. Many things. But I think that pretty much wraps us up today. And yeah. thanks for sticking around and hearing about the ways we've failed so that you don't have to. And I know it's different for every couple and every business. But I think at the end of the day, knowing that Ryan and I, mo- for the most part, we can look back at those failures and 
laugh about them and see how we've learned from them, it ultimately is a a success. Yeah. Look, this is a full house moment. It's just coming back around. <laughs> we need some like inspiring music in the background yeah. right now. Somebody playing the keys. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's, yeah, I think that sums it up really well. So alternate episode title, ways we've succeeded. <laughs> uh, and if anyone listening out there besides my mom can think of another way that we've, uh, that we, another succeeded. failure we've had. No, oh. no, another, <laughs> something else we've done wrong at Mountain Goat. Uh, let me know. And maybe, we, maybe we can find enough to compile another episode of this. We definitely so. could. So much more time too. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh i think that's it for today um thanks for listening uh as always if you have any topics for us we're open to that um if you are liking this if you want to give us a good rating that's always helpful and if you know any couples or partners of any type running businesses together please send them our way uh, we'd love to interview them and so i think we'll have i don't know can't promise right now but i think we have an interview coming up next week uh, after this one of another couple running a business so thanks for tuning in stay tuned have a good one Boy. <laughs> <laughs>